Well, hey, y'all. Uh, Joseph, welcome back to the Oak Grove Podcast. This is season two of our first ever try at this podcasting thing. Today is our first episode in this new season of What Makes Christmas Christmas. So we're going to take a look at all the different things that make Christmas Christmas and Advent Advent, uh, the season of waiting leading up actually to the 12 days of Christmas, which start on the birth of Jesus on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then the 12 days after that but we'll get there. Uh, but today I'm delighted to have uh, our friend and church member and author, psychologist, and black belt, uh, Dr. Angela Schaffner. And so we're glad to have you here with us. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here, Joseph. So when I started working here at the church six years ago, uh, you and your spouse were some of the first people that I met uh, oh, yeah. because y'all were working in discipleship and helping the church do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so excited because uh, Pastor Beth and our team has asked you to help author and lead us in our Advent devotionals for this year. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be talking some more about that in this show as well, but also some of the things that make Advent or Christmas Christmas for us. Mm -hmm. Well, Angela, uh, as I've known you, Dr. Angela, Angela, yeah. uh, glad to have you here again in the podcast and be a part of things. Uh, I, I know a little bit about this, but I want our audience and folks listening and folks who are going to be reading the Advent devotional to learn a little bit about sort of how you got into this mm -hmm. and how you wound up here at Oak Grove, maybe a little bit about your story. So, uh, yeah. Sure. So what do you want to share? Uh, I'd love to share about that, Joseph. I am so glad to be a part of the community at Oak Grove. I've really found it to be um, a loving place, an inclusive place, a welcoming place. So that's continued to be true over um, about 14 years now that we've been here awesome. uh, participating to, in some capacity. Uh, when we first came here, Carlson was only two, which is hard to believe. <laughs> he's about to get his driver's license now. And that's so awesome. hey, yeah. he's, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, the uh, drama uh, department at uh, Lakeside involved yeah, there. Yeah. And then Caleb is 13. He's playing football this fall. And Zach is 10. He's attending uh, he's attending Kittredge and also does tennis and is active um, in the choir here and the bell choir and things like that. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Lots of shout out to the drama, the football, mm -hmm. all the things happening. Yeah. But it's so fun that y'all are so connected to this neighborhood. Mm -hmm. uh, even one of the first times I met with with you and Lane, your spouse. So yeah, so came and met you all in your house there. Mm -hmm. uh, but tell me some more about, again, been around for 14 years in the right. church in various ways and capacities. Mm -hmm. uh, but tell me some about your work in the community and other things sure. that you do. Uh, I'd be glad to. I, uh, I love this community. My work is actually um, more in the Midtown area. I, I'm with a practice called Midtown Psychotherapy. Uh, associates, and I'm with a group of therapists there practicing in that community. And so I see adolescents and adults. Uh, my primary experience is with eating disorder treatment. Uh, I, I worked at a place called Atlanta Center for Eating Disorders, which is now called Walden Behavioral Care, uh, for 13 years. And then I went into private practice the past um, six or seven years after that. Um, and there was some a little bit of overlap there. But I really, really enjoy my work. I love working with clients. I love um, writing as well. Um, so I wrote a couple of books, which I know we've talked about before, um, Revealed and Gather Us In. Yeah, and, and Revealed is about yeah. uh, how Scripture is revealing yeah. all these things to us. But I'd yeah. love for you to yeah share a little bit about Reveal and about Gather Us In. I think it'd be sure. helpful for folks. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so to give some context, I you know have always been passionate about writing and really, really wanted to write a book. And in 2019, that um, that was an opportunity I got to see happen, and that was really, really exciting for me. So Revealed is about uh, stories from the Bible and seeing yourself in those stories mm -hmm. and approaching the stories from a self-reflective place, basically to say, you know, where do I see myself in this story, and what's the point, what's the meaning in this, mm -hmm. in reading this um, for my 
life day to day and some practicality, some spiritual practices and things like that. Yeah. Um, Gather Us In, I wrote about a year later and ironically it came out in 2020, which was not a time to gather us in at all, but it was still useful. I think in the sense that a lot of people started gathering on zoom and doing virtual connection, we all still needed connection, you know, so gather us in was really about group dynamics and what it means to be a part of a group and how to do that. Well, nice. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. And and we've used the reveal uh, book here at the church a couple of Mm -hmm. times in different spaces and small groups and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's been really fun to, how do I see myself in the scripture? How is the scripture speaking to me? But then also to share that in small group settings is really, really meaningful. Um, So yeah, check those books out. If you're interested in those, you can find them on the internets. I probably don't have to tell you in the podcast how to find things on the internet. Well, Angela, do you have like a favorite Christmas memory or some warm, Mm -hmm. fuzzy thing you want to share about Christmas? Sure. I do. I, I have uh, both kind of, uh, you know, talking about our balance between the light and the dark. I'll I'll bring something in relevant to that. So two of the gifts that I really remember well from my childhood are, first of all, I got a boom box one year with complete with the two cassettes so that you could, you know, I guess we didn't call it burning a cassette, but what whatever it was before we burned CDs. Make a mixtape. Like yeah. A mixtape, yeah. whatever. So yeah. I was very excited about my two cassette um, boom box that I have propped on my leg with these tiger slippers and this robe and That's the amazing. whole deal when I was, I don't know, probably like eight. Amazing. Um, eight to ten. And then another memory, and that's significant because I love music so much. And, you know, that has always been uh, a passion of mine. And, uh, you know, kind of rocking out to the various um, decades (laughs) since then of music. And so that is special to me. And then the other one that I remember distinctly is when I snuck down the stairs before anyone was awake. And that year, I really wanted a Cabbage Patch Kid. And um, so I I snuck down earlier than I was supposed to. And I peeked (laughs) around the corner and I saw the wrapped package that was the exact shape of the Cabbage Patch um, doll that I was very excited (laughs) that I would be getting. But then felt some guilt about having to um, (laughs) go down ahead of time that I had kind of broken the rules. And so I had to go into that sort of um, acting surprised when I already sort of knew what was coming. But, you know, this just tells you a little little bit of (laughs) both my my shadow side and my light side. Yeah, yeah. Did your parents bust you? Uh, No, they never knew. I hope they don't listen to this. Is that how you got started in drama? Was this Uh, part of it? Maybe. (laughs) Glad to have you here with us for that part of things. And you've served in different capacities and leadership in the church from all the children's ministry things, youth ministry things, discipleship mm-hmm. things. That's kind of a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and so we're really grateful to have you here in the church community. And so when Pastor Beth uh, and our clergy were talking through uh, the Advent devotionals that we want to have each year for people to deepen their faith and get into that, mm-hmm. we were like, yes. Yeah. And so Beth asked you to do it, and then we're so glad yeah. you said yes to that. And we'll talk some more about uh, the actual Advent devotional towards the end of this podcast and how we're going to roll that out and how people can use it and get into it. Mm-hmm. Really excited for that. Yeah. Um, so the season of Advent itself is this period of waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it began about the 4th or 5th century, depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. Bishop Perpetus. Uh, you know, wanted it to be sort of a miniature Lent. So back, step back a couple steps. So Lent was a time of penitence for people who had been estranged from the church or done wrong by whatever standards of community or church, um, and they wanted to get back into the church. So penitence is making things right. 
uh, right? Repentance, uh, metanoia, is you're going down a road and you turn around and go back the other way. That's what the Greek word for repentance means. So penitence is those actions that help you to repent. Uh, both uh, in the actions uh, have caused consequences, so you need to sort some of those things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's community dynamics, uh, small group things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, church dynamics, community dynamics, but also then how you're working on yourself. And this is what's so powerful, I think, about uh, you and your work and field, but also in thinking about Advent is sort of a miniature mini-Lent. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now for us, Advent is this period of waiting the birth of Christ, Adventus, the coming, the coming of the Christ child, mm-hmm. love coming to earth that will make things right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every year in the church here, we have this season of Advent, then Epiphany, then we get into all those seasons of the year. All of our kids are learning about this in, uh, in Sunday school, mm-hmm. so they can tell us sometimes better than we can. Yeah. But um, Advent itself, is a remarkable season in the church, and it's a very uh, unique time. It is, a, for me, a real contrast between uh, how Christmas is celebrated culturally uh, and then in the church, Advent, and what the sort of juxtaposition of those things do for us, to us, at us. <laughs> I think there's some real opportunity, and there's also some pitfalls. Um, this past October was really busy. Was it busy for your family? Did it feel more... Yes frenetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a lot of folks that are listening to this and watching, um, I have a three-year-old, soon to be four-year-old, and a, and a nine-year-old. And so our lives are hectic anyway. But then when you add in uh, how things are sort of getting back to pre-pandemic levels of frenetic <laughs> craziness, uh, not all of it's good because there's mm-hmm. too much to do. And so we start feeling this sense of overwhelm. Um, not quite burnout, of Brene Brown uh, overwhelm, but maybe just the overwhelm, but I need to take a break. And so Advent in the Christian year is one of those calls to that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about Advent and what makes Christmas Christmas for you. Sure. Thanks for asking. I I think of Advent as generally a time that I like because in general, I think fall is my favorite season. And so just as the the trees change, I mean, I find it to be such a beautiful time of year. It's cooling off. It's um, just a time of year that I generally really like. And there's a tone to, to the fall, I think, going into Advent, um, especially as we get closer to the winter, you know, of kind of going into this period of darkness. We have the longer um, periods of darkness during the day, and it's sort of this rhythmic change of season. And, you know, to me, that just fits with kind of an internal reflect- reflective sort of state of mm-hmm. mind and, um, you know, going into the darkness in a way can be both, you know, possibly sad, possibly hard in some ways, but also a time when, you know, seeing the light, it's kind of like the balance between the darkness and the light can be especially powerful. And so I think of Advent as a self-reflective time, a time that is different as well. You know, I think we get into the day-to-day, you know, like you said, kind of leading up to Halloween, basically, and um, the really busy, busy of of October. And then we turn into that, oh, it's time to think about maybe the bigger picture or giving or, you know, gratitude, these sort of non-tangible but meaningful aspects of life. So I think embracing that is something that's always felt sort of right and good to me about the season. Yeah. I love what you said about the the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big nerd. Y'all may already know this. You you <laughs> certainly already. <laughs> yeah. So uh, undergrad in forestry, trees, Jesus, yeah. birds, those, those things make sense for me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in sort of tracking what's happening in the natural world. Yeah. During the times of Jesus and, and all the folks then, 
they were much more attuned to the phases of the moon and what was happening with the stars and all these things that we hear yes. about in the season of Advent, mm-hmm. um, about the the uh, lunar eclipses that are mentioned in our scriptures during Advent, mm-hmm. uh, the star that the Magi see, all these things were, there was not uh, cell phones, tablets, devices, Netflix. Mm-hmm. So either at night you lit some candles mm-hmm. and went out into the darkness to do something, or mm-hmm. you saw the stars, um, or you went to sleep. Right. Those are basically the things you have to do uh, when there's not all this technological stuff. Yeah. I love this idea of when the the darkness comes in, how light helps us to see things differently. Yeah. Um, in photography and video and cinematography, it's all about shaping light in some mm. ways. Um, there are about eight lights in this room we're using yeah. right now to, to shape how this looks. Yeah. Uh, and in, in large productions, there's even more. Um, but some of the magic of what that does is help us to focus more. When you don't see everything all at once, and you can see just certain things, just what is given off by candlelight sometimes, mm-hmm. you see it differently. Yeah. And so I love how in the season of dark, as we approach uh, December 21st and the, the winter solstice, the longest night of the year, yeah. we move into that time and space where uh, the light is changing mm-hmm. and we see things differently. Yeah. And you mentioned candles. I mean, I think of even back to as a child associating candles with Advent and just, you know, the memories holding the thing and trying not to get the wax on my hand and the silent night. You know, I've been doing that since I was probably like a baby or as soon as I could hold a candle. Um, But the lighting of the candles during Advent, too, it just that always feels like a moment for me to just slow down a minute, Mm. be still. You know, I think when I light a candle in general, there's just something about the stillness and the, okay, let's all just slow down a minute. And I'm talking to myself when I say that, just, you know, and breathe and be with myself, whatever that means, all of the parts of myself, all of the things that might be hard to look at sometimes or easier to look at at other times, you know, and embrace um, just all of that is, it's sort of a prompt for that, you know? Yeah. I I think that's, well said about the uh, the internal part and how mm-hmm. whatever ways that is, you're looking at yourself. Yeah. One of the challenging parts for religion for a lot of people <laughs> throughout American culture uh, and around the Can world. Can you boil it down to one? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. We got a lot of those. But, yeah. but one of the issues I see is that people have a hard time looking inward at their mm-hmm. own stuff. Yeah. As yeah. a psychologist, you, you see this often every mm-hmm. day, um, but you also help people to do it yeah. in a way that allows them to grow, mm-hmm. uh, to to mature in who they are. For us as Christians, we believe that people are becoming their full selves in Christ, and that's a huge part of our work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of why our church always has uh, referrals to counseling and those sort of things. It's been very helpful in my life to have mm-hmm. counseling for all manner of things. Yeah. Uh, and so we're always glad to have folks with your knowledge and skill set um, helping our congregation work through and in our Advent devotionals to mm-hmm. access the divine and also do some of that work on themselves. Uh, so it's it's going to be a really uh, a meaningful time together in Advent. I hope so. And that's where I'm hoping to go with the Advent devotional. You know, what you're saying it resonates so much with where, what I, where I've tried to go with the uh, devotional this year. It's, there's a call to sort of name an intention at the beginning of the Advent devotional, and I'm asking all of you to reflect on, you know, something specific that you hope to get, hope to pursue, maybe more so throughout this season. And so, Angela, when you say intention, uh, mm-hmm. tell, tell us more about what you mean by setting an intention. Thanks for asking that. I, I'm hoping to encourage everybody to just 
sort of be in a mindful place as they approach the study and have a purpose in mind. Um, sometimes we set an intention and the the goal is to set the intention, but then sort of let go of it and learn what you're going to learn. Hmm. So you may name for yourself. It's it's just this way of being self-reflective and intentional about what you hope for. And we know hope is part of Advent. That is kind of where I'm hoping to go with that is, you know, naming something important to you, hmm. taking time to reflect internally before you just say, oh, wait, what am, how am I supposed to do this? How's the right way to do this? Well, maybe there's many right ways. I believe there's many right ways to <laughs> yeah. approach the study and and things in general. But, you know, that might be an invitation for you to um, or anybody doing the study to just spend a moment asking themselves, what do I need right now? What do I feel right now as I'm heading into this next season? And can I be with that thing? Can I name that thing? And be mindful of it as I do the study. And, and I'll ask people to kind of check in as they're going through the study week to week. Where are you with this intention? What have you noticed unfolding? And it's my belief that, you know, coming in with an intention, something's going to happen. And, you know, it may be what you expect. It may not be what you expect. But there will be something during the season that um, comes to light. And my hope is that, you know, everybody embrace their own um, journey and, you know, embrace whatever that is. And maybe that is a more consistent meditation practice, or maybe that is a more honest look at yourself, mm. or something um, that is is specific to you and meaningful to you. And then we kind of track that throughout the study. But part of the study also is asking you to look at yourself internally and to name different parts of yourself that serve different functions. And that's a lot of the work that I do with clients often to look at these parts that maybe are a little harder to access or maybe that we feel a little bit defended about or protective of and getting to those more vulnerable areas of ourselves that really allow us to connect in community better with other people and more effectively and to to also get an increased comfort with discomfort, actually. Um, it's, you know, often we all use defenses to try and move away from the things that make us uncomfortable, um, either in a community or within ourselves. And, you know, it's sort of a call to say discomfort is okay. And we can be with that discomfort together or even within ourselves. And we don't have to be uh, so afraid of it. We may have fear that comes up, but we can be with that. Yeah, I think that's powerful. Um, one of my all-time favorite creeds that we use and we're using in, in during the season of Thanksgiving mm -hmm. uh, and pre predating this podcast a little bit mm -hmm. uh, is this Church of Canada creed. Mm -hmm. And it's, we are not alone. We live in God's world. Mm -hmm. And it ends with, we are not alone. Thanks yeah. be to God. Yeah. It just really is uh meaningful to go through life and do this Christian life with other people, whether that's in a smaller group setting or your family unit or some friends mm -hmm. um, or in the congregational setting. Yeah. There's something powerful about doing something together. Yeah. Um, and so our hope for the Advent devotional that will be in print and, and other, other resources that we'll be talking about in a second mm -hmm. um, will be a way for all of us to engage in sort of the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the power of having the same sermon in 830 and 1045 and 11 o'clock each Sunday is mm -hmm. The church gets the same message that's online, that's in person, that's all these ways that we're getting the same approach to hearing a word from God that day. Mm -hmm. In the same way with the Advent devotional, uh, we'll all have the same text to work off, all the mm -hmm. same uh, invitation uh, to set an intention, but we'll all have different things we're looking for in this season. Mm -hmm. The call is for all of us to join in on that. So, Angela, tell us some about how the, the Advent devotion will be structured and how we'll mm -hmm. engage with it. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. There, 
there is it's very doable. So I don't, you know, want anybody to get stressed out that this is another thing that they're needing to do. Thank um, you. But I hope that it will be something that is a, actually a daily benefit. You know, it's going to be a very short reading each day that you could probably do just in a couple of minutes with a short meditation uh, to focus on. So that might be like a one sentence suggested uh, statement to meditate on hmm. that fits with the reading for the day. And there'll be one for every day. So, you know, if you can't do every day, that is absolutely fine. And yeah. you can pick up wherever and it should make sense standing on its own. But each week will have sort of its own theme. So the first one will start with the Sunday um, of, of Advent, the first Sunday of Advent. And it's centered, that week is centered around naming the challenges in your own life that you might be sitting with and giving some different examples of how you might deal with those challenges. Nice. Uh, the second week is more about bringing the different parts of yourself into the light and being willing to look at yourself, uh, being willing to consider, huh, what part of me might be feeling vulnerable or have some feelings about uh, this season or, or what's going on in my life that I've not yet acknowledged. Mm. Uh, you know, what other parts of me might be busy, 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 trying to distract, don't really want to think about those painful other parts. And, yeah. you know, there there's all of the parts and we all have lots of parts. There's nothing, um, you know, problematic about that. It's just the challenge to integrate is kind of what this is about. Mm. And then the next week is about balance and bringing um, just our lives in Advent into a balance that makes sense. Mm. And, uh, you know, and that might look different for different people. Surely it will. Oh, sure. We all have different uh, sort of desires and uh, capacities for what we're willing to take on, what we can take on, and how our families are and how our lives are and our work. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, ways that you might individually apply that that might look different. Um, and then the final week is more about joy and fulfillment and being really honest with yourself about, you know, it is are the things I'm doing in my life and the person I am and the relationships I'm a part of, are those truly what I desire and what bring joy and fulfillment to me? And um, reflecting on that from a spiritual place and um you know just a really again honest authentic place within yourself that's awesome that sounds great and uh, this will go along uh, it will work well with what we're doing in worship services each week mm -hmm. with our scriptures that we're using as our main sort of focus for worship mm -hmm. and sort of where we are in the season of advent as we lead up to the birth of jesus on christmas eve mm -hmm. uh, well this sounds really exciting and i'm, I'm really looking forward to it uh, and so we really hope you will take a look at the Advent Devotional Guide. Uh, we're going to have some other resources that we'll have. Mm -hmm. This podcast will come out on Tuesdays. And then uh, the Advent Devotional will come out and be ready on uh, the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, there are four Sundays in Advent. <laughs> the last one is Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have all of our normal Christmas Eve services of 3, 5, 5, and 8. Um, and all these different ways for people to get involved and, and be active in the life of the church. Yeah. There will also be a service of hope, uh, which is... For many of us during this dark time, we remember those who have gone on before us and that they're not with us. Um, we've had loss in a season. And so uh, sort of blue Christmas, this idea that Christmas and uh, the darkening of the days uh, sometimes gets us in the same place with that seasonal effective part of things. Yeah. And acknowledging that, sometimes naming it is a way for us to not let it overtake us in a way that we uh, don't have help from other people. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's sort of a lot of things that are happening. We're going to try something new. Mm -hmm. um, this is something we've talked about in a previous conversation. On Thursdays on the podcast channel, 
uh, in video form and in audio, there's going to be uh, what we are calling digital contemplative practices or contemplative digital practices. I don't know how to phrase this. Um, these things exist, but I don't know how to <laughs> uh, how to make it more clear in a church way. Mm -hmm. So contemplative practices are ways we settle down, we, we think, we do some of that inward work, mm -hmm. um, but often it involves us having to have someone help us with that or for us to know how to do that ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I love about the digital thing is that anytime you want to listen to the podcast, you pull out your phone, there it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, same with online worship. People can access it uh, after the fact or watch uh, a different uh, worship service from previous things anytime you want. Because in your pocket, on your smartphone, or your tablet, or your computer, it's on demand. And so on Thursdays, we'll have this digital contemplative practice come out, which will be uh, the, the first uh, Sunday of the week, mm -hmm. uh, setting up the week. And we'll have uh, Dr. Angela reading uh, some of those parts. And then there'll be some imagery and some soundscaping behind that, some nature imagery, most likely, you know me, uh, that will help us enter into that time and space. Uh, maybe it'll be just a single candle. Mm -hmm. We'll have to work this out and see what it is, but that the visuals of what's happening will also help us enter that space for contemplation. And so that's one of our, our hopes and something we're going to try out. So if you're liking those or enjoying those, let us know that. Uh, reach out to us on the comments or otherwise, uh, or when you see me at Wednesday on a dinner or otherwise, stop and let us know, uh, or ways we can make things better. So you mentioned, you know, not needing to feel alone and being connected in community and looking at different parts of ourselves is so important when it comes to that. You know, this type of therapy that I practice called IFS, it's internal family systems, and it it's um, developed by Richard Schwartz, um, a therapist who encourages us to look at all parts of ourselves. And the importance of that is that then we can integrate better. And mm -hmm. when we're integrated as people, instead of fragmented and acting out of maybe one of our parts, we can enter into relationships in a way that's more effective and with more confidence because it works better mm. and we find that it works better. And so, you know, if we are in a lot of pain in one part of ourselves, we do tend to isolate. And this can be like, as you mentioned, a time of the year that though the darkness can take us to a contemplative place, it can also take us to a place that can be a little bit um, isolating or depressing at times and, and maybe trigger some different kinds of struggles. So, you know, what we want is to be able to go into that space, but to feel the support of the people around us and be able to come into relationship with confidence mm -hmm. that when that we can connect in ways that are going to feel helpful to us and not further fragment us or further isolate us. Yeah. And I love what you said about sort of how the individual part of that, we need the help from the community mm -hmm. in order to, to do some of that sometimes. Yeah. Uh, for us as Christians, we also invite God's presence and spirit to be with us and help us be further transformed and more into the likeness of Christ. Yeah. Um, in the Methodist tradition, uh, John Wesley talked about Christian perfection. And what he meant was Christian maturity. So, so perfection has perfectionistic things. That's a word I like to be careful with. Right. Well, and, <laughs> for and myself it's, and, and, and and for many of us, uh, <clears throat> again, as a video nerd, like I want it to mm -hmm. look so you know, but also like finished and done is great. Mm -hmm. Versus like I never finished it. Right. And John Wesley's meaning of perfect, yeah. uh, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, is the scripture he's pulling from, mm -hmm. is much more about being mature. Right. So that sense of of knowledge, self knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, experience, and the traditions of the church, and how all those shape us mm -hmm. more fully of the people we are becoming. Mm -hmm. um, so I love what you're saying about uh, that 
further integrating ourselves, yeah. uh, taking the scattered forces of who we are and sometimes mm-hmm. how that pulls yeah. to be more who we are when we're in a space. Mm-hmm. That's beautifully said. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I think of Christmas, of course, I think of the the gifts and the things that my children might want, the things I might want to get yeah. somebody. Um, and, you know, when it comes down to it, I think Christmas is so much about relationships. It is that pause in our lives. And unfortunately, sometimes, too, it's painful. I mean, we notice who's not there this year at Christmas, that maybe we've lost a loved one, or maybe we're reflecting on a relationship that's not what we wish it was, or different aspects of the of the relational part of it. But, you know, yeah, if we can come back to love and at the center of it and not get sidetracked into the all the stuff, you know, I know for me, that's sometimes been a, an unwelcome distraction, all the stuff and like, how am I even going to get all this stuff home? Um, from wherever we are and find a place for it. It's, you know, uh, something I'd like to let go of more and more. Yeah. Well, I love how the season of Advent and this devotional is going to help us to focus in a bit more on Mm -hmm. us and our family units and different groups of people, but also how we are more authentically ourselves uh, and how we're living more fully into that Christian maturity that we're called to as as people of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm really excited for it. So a lot of things to check out in this season at the church. Uh, really grateful to have you, uh, Angela, helping us do this as a church community, uh, and you'll be helping us with the Lent devotional later yes. on. So we'll we'll have you back on for that part of Lent. Um, that. I'm honored that you asked me to write the study, and uh, I'm really excited to hear how that is for people as they, um, you know, sort of embark on this journey through Advent. So I, I'd love feedback. I'd love um, to just hear uh, anyone's thoughts on it as they're doing it. Well, thank you all for being here, uh, watching the podcast and listening. We're glad to have you here. Let us know in the comments if there's things you want us to to do more of during this season or things you're looking for. Uh, Grateful to have you, Dr. Angela, with us. And thanks for being a part of this process. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you in the next video. And don't forget, Thursday, we're coming out with a digital contemplative practice. You can check that out coming up. And we'll plan to see you in the next episode. Peace.